Kidashta, the personal touch, invite everyone to their two exciting stores, one in the heart of Jerusalem and one in Modeim. Kidashta, the personal touch, is the epitome of elegant style and service. Sterling silver, artistic glassware, jewelry, teletot, mezuzot, and much more. And also features a full boutique wine department specializing in Israeli wines. And, of course, everything is available online at Judaica 4 u Judaica, the numeral 4 and the letter U, dot com. Shalom and welcome, everyone. Glad you could make it here on the Noahide Nation show today. I want to jump into the show right away because I was at the 20th anniversary of the VJRI Noahide Conference over the Memorial Day weekend. I was able to do a few interviews. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to be playing some of these interviews, starting with this first one. So let's go ahead and roll right into it. We're here talking to a very fine gentleman who is going to share with us his experience at the very first VJRI conference. And uh, this is a man I know very well, and many of you probably know him very well uh, also. And he's going to share some of his experience uh, at the very first one and maybe tell us about some of the others that uh, were along the 20 years of this journey. And we're today sitting at the historic 20th. And my friends, this is my friend and yours, Mr. Jack Saunders. Jack, how you doing? It's fine, Ray. Glad to be with you. Good. It's always always glad to see you. I always I always can count on once a year, if I don't talk to you, if I don't see you, I am going to catch you at the conference. And here we are. And it's always good to see you. And it's good to be here, as usual. <laughs> well, and it's, uh, like I was saying, it's uh, an historic event beyond just Vendel's 80th birthday. <laughs> It is actually kind of a, I I mentioned the word journey, it is just that, uh, even though, in fact, I was talking to Jim, I think it was Jim Long earlier, that uh, this journey, we can actually take it all the way back to Adam, and it's just known as the, the Noahide Laws, because there was one additional law, and the ten previous generations didn't really count the mustard, and so therefore, we want to kind of forget those, but nonetheless, this is is really considered uh, what you might say the oldest uh, religion known to man, and I'm using the word religion lightly, for lack of a better word, the oldest religion known to man. It's the oldest way of life known to man, in which Hashem shared with us his lot for us, what we're supposed to do, how we should live our lives. Uh, in fact, we heard Sam Peak talk today that there were suggestions, there were statements, you know, how to how to live your life with your fellow man in harmony, peace and harmony, how to have a relationship with him. And it just is, when you sit and think about it, it is like a, an Alice in Wonderland kind of. It's just a, it sounds like a miraculous place, and yet we look around us and the miraculous place doesn't seem to exist. But anyway, we're here talking about the 20th. 20th. Okay. And you were at the very first one, very first. right? Yeah, and I would like to throw in, by the way, you know, Sam was finished with his speech here at the 20th year <laughs> conference, right? Right. And he was talking about the suggestions, right? Right. But I think people really miss the point of the suggestions. The suggestions is to have a relationship with the Creator, to right. connect with Hashem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point that people miss. They see these uh, as laws, God forbid that we would ever see them like that. Right. But they're actually, 
ideas that make our connection with our creator. And so if you want to connect with the creator, I suggest that you get on board with the suggestions, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, we're actually here to talk about the 20th, too, right? <laughs> yeah, well, but, but you're yeah, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. In order to have that relationship, you have to, you know, follow a certain uh, level of, of, you know, what we call laws or suggestions, yeah, yeah. you know, commandments. I advice mean, or it, it, exactly. advice is probably advice a great way a to look one. at it. And if you don't want to have the relationship, well, by gosh, you know what? You don't have to. Exactly. Um, you know, he's and, not twisting your arm to do it. Exactly. <laughs> and Noahides aren't, uh, even though we are required to keep these right. seven laws, and the penalties are harsh if, yes. if you don't, but they're very fair and reasonable. And when you talk about how do you establish world peace, Right. Well, this is your roadmap. These well, seven other roadmaps. But it's obvious, too. We know people that live to be ripe old ages that probably do have never followed these laws. You know, it's not like God's going to strike you with a lightning bolt because you, you did right. something wrong immediately <laughs> when you do it wrong. Uh, the greatest thing I think that one could learn, at least from the Tanakh, is that God's not out to get the evil people. Right. He's actually out to have the evil people do Teshuva, that they would turn around. So... You know, just because the guy lives to be 120 years old, he may at that 100 and, you know, the, the last day of his life say, I'm really going to do Teshuva. You know what? God says he's a good man. Mm-hmm. If I mean, if his last moment of his breath, his last breath, he has an opportunity to do Teshuva so he could live to be 120 and at his dying bed, you know, in his last breath, he says, forgive me. And guess what? It works. And, and I know it's hard for people to take. But well, I was just going to say, Jack, now you've really opened a can of worms <laughs> right, right, here right, for right, me right. that I'm going to have to get closed before they all get out. <laughs> okay. And that is how can somebody, let's say they have a, a, a ridiculously harmful life right. to their fellow man for that 119 years, 363 days, and on that very last day they they ask for forgiveness and receive it. How can that be okay? Maybe you can go a little bit deeper, yeah. just okay. so the folks know where, right. where we're headed with this. Well, the idea is that, that Hashem is always willing for people to do teshuva, right? Right. Okay, so I, I could have been a very horrible guy, but the sages have made it in a nice little cliche statement, right? Mm-hmm. One should repent one moment before one's death. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, obviously, we don't know when we're going to die. Right. So we should be in a constant state of teshuva. But the idea is, what if I do repent one moment before I die? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, since the Creator is very kind, very compassionate, He doesn't want the wicked to perish, right? He right. wants us to do teshuva. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious His love for us, His kindness, His compassion toward us says, if you repent, you do teshuva. One moment, say just that, one moment before you die, you're okay. And we may as well face it, this must be sincere. Yes. yes. We're not talking uh, about just lapsity. Just saying, saying it for, right, you know, right, we, right. and we've heard that it, before it's, it's, where you just say the words, the magic right, words, no, and, no, and you're saved. No, no, That's, no. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. And also, uh, you know. And I doubt somebody that lived 120 years at the last moment of his life would say, oh, you know, I right. need really forgiveness. No, it probably doesn't work that way right. because usually you become so hardened. <clears throat> By that time in your life, you're not going to do that. Well, and tru- 
tshuva is a process. Yes. It's not a, a matter of just sitting down and, and, and asking forgiveness. Yeah. It is an actual process yeah. that one goes through that's, that's and beyond you, just and, repenting. And what you even know return. to do to shuva, you know, if you had made some kind of connection prior to that. So. Right. So, Jack, tell us, is, uh, well, first of all, how long have you been in Ohio? Well, I've always been a Noahide. <laughs> just, just, just to know it. <laughs> uh, how many years I've been an observant Noahide? That's another question, right? Right. Uh, so I would say uh, since the mid-'80s is when I first began my studies. And, of course, I was originally an independent Baptist minister. And I kind of studied myself right out of, right out of Christianity. <laughs> uh, and, <clears throat> excuse me, at first I just realized I was monotheistic. Right. Uh, and I came to the conclusion that not only was I monotheistic, but after a little more study, I said, okay, well, the Torah is the Word of God. Uh, I'd studied the Quran. I'd studied the New Testament. You know, mm-hmm. and somebody said, well, you should have studied in Arabic. Well, I don't know Arabic. But, you know, I studied in English. <laughs> and I looked at many other religions, you know, and I asked myself, well, is it because I'm very familiar with these books because of that reason? And I guess the real heart crux of the matter was I rejected anything that had any kind of idea of a single man revelation. Mm-hmm. And the Torah resolved that for me. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we have this millions of people that hear the voice of God. Right. And all of a sudden I have all these great witnesses that are informing me that they heard. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. And these witnesses continue to speak today. Mm-hmm. And I continue to run into Jewish people that say, yes. We were there. Right. We, we continually hear God speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, obviously, this was the way to go. Now, the next thing was, well, where do I fit into all this, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's a tough uh, that's a question. Tough, right. <laughs> but obviously, uh, after availing myself a lot of resources, uh, begin to find little hints. And you find them, of course, throughout the Tanakh. You know, you have non-Jews. You have Yithro, for example. We know Jethro, you know, Moses' right, father. Right, uh, We have all the people up until Mount Sinai, you know. Is God just going to say, well, you're out of here? You know, what you would have to do with Abraham and Yitzhak and Jacob and Joseph. Right. You know, it doesn't make sense. I mean, they had to be following something. Right. And based on the fact that the people of Israel have been given this great Torah, and they were given it uh, not only just for themselves, by the way, they were given to share with the world because they are to be a lot to the nations. Right. So within their their system, they had reserved and saved, thank God, mm-hmm. <laughs> this system for the non-Jew. Mm-hmm. So within the context of the Torah, there is a practice for the people of Israel and a practice for the rest of the world. And, and what I like to say most of the time is that even B'nai Yisrael is also B'nai Noah. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So basically, what... God did, he took one little family of Noites, right, mm-hmm. the sense of Abraham, one little family of Noites, and he separated them from all the other family of the Noites and gave them a very special relationship. It was a relationship in some sense they couldn't refuse, mm-hmm. right, well, yeah. <laughs> based on how it was offered. <laughs> and because of that, he gave to them the Torah, which they became the priest to the nations mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. so in some sense they become servants for the nations and that's it's, it's kind of hard to take for some people right in fact i was mentioning it uh, earlier that 
you know, the, 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 they are the priests of the nations and of Israel. I mean, yes. they're, they're a nation of priests. Yes. And, you know, sometimes we tend to think about, uh, boy, that's really, they're really at an elevated state. But the reality is, is that we're all, the same, we're all God's creation, number one. Uh, the other thing is, is they're the, the nation of priests right. for a congregation. So without the congregation, the priests are pretty much useless. <laughs> and also by virtue of that, right. without the priests, the congregation is useless. is useless. So we can't make the journey without the two of us making the journey together. Right. Well, you have to look at the structure. <clears throat> if you look at the structure of Israel, of course, the structure of Israel has its own priesthood. Right. But at the same time, then the, the structure of Israel, being who they are, become the priest to the whole world. So it, it's structured in the same sense. You have the priest, and then you have, for lack of a word, the laity, you know, the, right. the people that sit on the pew, if you want to call them mm-hmm. that, because they're not really that. Right. But then the structure falls on through from Israel to the rest of the people in the world. So, mm-hmm. uh, And that's... That's the way it's always been, and that's the way God planned for it to be. And, and it's, it, it's not changing, it's folks. It's not changing. <laughs> he hadn't changed his mind. That's right. Yeah. At least not as of today, as, no, of, as no, of this no. moment. Well, Jack, let's hop into the time okay. machine. Take us sure. take us back 20 years to that first conference. Now, I know you've been teaching most, if not all, of these. Right. You've been one of the, the teachers, and, and happily people sit in are just... Uh, mystified at your abilities to to teach and on the the subjects that you teach on, but take us back twenty years and and tell us a little bit about that conference. What took you there? Uh, what you brought home with it, and then kind of bring us forward into today's con- okay. you know this weekend's right, conference, right. I should say. I would say by the nineteen ninety conference, which was held in uh, Fort Worth, by the way, mm-hmm. under VGAR at that time, and. Most people don't realize this, but prior to the conference, there was like a week meeting mm-hmm. between Noahites and rabbis. I mean, a week-long meeting. A week-long okay. meeting. To, okay. to clarify a lot of matters, to actually have the chief rabbi, the Sephardic chief rabbi of Israel, to recognize a modern-day, full-fledged Noah movement, mm-hmm. which would give us access to a lot of other rabbis that people didn't have access at that time. Right. I, myself, personally, I've been been taught by a rabbi for quite a few years before this event came about. In fact, he was there. This was Rabbi Michael Katz. Mm-hmm. Uh, without him, by the way, we probably wouldn't have got a lot accomplished because... His uh, English is very well. Yes. <laughs> and Rab- Rabbi Menachem Burstyn, which represented the chief rabbi of Israel as his emissary to the meeting at that mm-hmm. time, his English wasn't so well. So, mm. uh, you know, we had a, a go-between. Yeah. <laughs> In order to have an understanding, you have to be able to understand. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so the week-long meeting played out, and uh, we re- resolved a lot of issues that people were having about some difficulties about this and that. You mm-hmm. know, we're not going to all those. But in the end, there were, at, you know, of course, no Internet at this time. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> things are being faxed back and forth, mm-hmm. right? So we uh, received a, a, a fax from the chief rabbi of Israel welcoming us and, and bringing us into the to the fold, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. of this Noah. Mm-hmm. And we responded, by the way, the letter of commitment back to him. And within that commitment, people were actually there signing, by the way, 
this huge document that they would keep the seven laws of Noah. Right. Uh, which is something, you know, it's, people think is kind of brand new, but this happened in 1990. Yeah. <laughs> that they actually made a vow in front of three and four rabbis that they were going to uh, keep these seven laws as Noahites. Right. Now, you say people. How many people do you think oh. at that time actually did this? I would say... At the con- I don't know exactly how many people did it, but at the conference there were well over 300 people. Okay. I know there were over 300 people. I've heard numbers, you know, upward to five, six hundred. <laughs> yeah, they could have been, so, yeah. Uh, but uh, it was know, a big number. A uh, large number, large number. People were excited because, you know, it was not just inventing, reinventing the wheel. It was actually finding the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. coming back and saying, okay, this really works. Right. Uh, and, and something that people were saying not only am i comfortable with this is the truth you know a lot of people look for theology they look for uh pie in the sky whatever you're looking for mm-hmm. something that fits your flavor of religion you know right but most of the people that i know are been and i think most of the people that you know are been they're truth seekers yes they were looking for truth yeah you know and whatever the truth was it was going to be okay yeah, you know? and that seems to be a common thread is that nobody cared where the truth landed. Exactly. All I want is the truth, exactly. and then we'll deal with it from there. We'll deal with it from there. <laughs> you know? So I think that was a real issue, but uh, the conference uh, lasted for you know, <clears throat> excuse me, a few days. Uh, Dr. James Tabor was there from uh, the yes. University of North Carolina. Okay. First time I met him, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, he was at the conference, uh, and many others, uh, but it was, it was just really a, a great time of excitement. And I guess probably at the end of the conference, the Benano conference, we actually kind of closed it out. And then we had a great speaker at the end of the conference, by the way, which was Rabbi Mayor Kahana. Yes, and I'm <clears throat> glad you mentioned that because I, of course, wasn't at the, the, the very first one 20 years ago. Uh, in fact, I've just been attending these. I think this is my fourth or fifth one. I'm, I'm really not sure. I'd have to go back and check. Right. But I did get my hands on the tape right. of his lecture. <laughs> and... I was just blown away by this guy. Yes. I, he was my guy. I mean, he was, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to like him at the time. You know, well. you know with, the, with everything that went down right. in Israel and with the government and right. how they labeled right. him, I didn't right. realize I wasn't supposed to like him. But this man touched me in ways I've never been touched before. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Tell us, tell us about him. Well... You know, I, I could say a lot, and I really don't want to get into the, the, the real basic issues of Rabbi America on it. Right. But his his stance for B'nai Noah mm-hmm. was very, very uh, kind. Right. In fact, if you, you listen to the tape, he's very welcoming, you know, yes. and, and the whole concept, you know. In fact, he was one of the guys that was actually kind of involved in, in kind of getting the whole thing together. Uh, and that's why he wanted to come and speak to us. Right. But mm-hmm. as you say, Americana was a, a unique person. He was uh, a man that spoke, I, I would say, softly but forcefully. Mm-hmm. And to listen to him speak, uh, it was just it, it was exciting, you know, uh, but powerful, I guess, forceful. It's kind of hard to explain. Uh, the sad part was that this was in 1990. And I think in 1991 or 1992, I was at another Bonanno conference in a different part of the world. Mm-hmm. And we had to make the announcement. This was in November, I believe. And we had to make the announcement during the conference that Mayor, Rabbi Americana had been assassinated 
in uh, New York by an Egyptian. Mm. And as, mm. as hard as that was to swallow at that time for everyone, right. interesting that it happened during a B'nai, B'nai Noah conference. conference. Yes, yes. That, that's that's yeah. staggering. <laughs> yeah, that you actually hear him speak at one, and then we're at another one a year or two years later, and he's actually assassinated during the same same type of conference. And I've had a lot of people uh, tell me that they were very impacted by yes. by him. And so can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I never, sadly, have been able to uh, uh, really see him or, or talk to him other right, than on right. this tape. So right. what kind of impact did he have on you? Well, I think the, the, the impact that he had on not just me but on the whole conference was amazing because of his whole attitude toward the non-Jewish world. You mm-hmm. know, some people had this idea that, you know, I, I guess the one thing that you listen, <clears throat> and by the way, this video is up on a website. It's actually on YouTube. Okay. So if you go to YouTube and just go to YouTube and like on your search, type in one S-T-C-O-V-E-N-A-N-T, you'll pull up some videos. <clears throat> Excuse me, and and there'll be a set of them there. Of course, now they're only in ten minute segments, but you have been so kind to volunteer your website where we can actually put the uh, the the whole tape up without any cuts in it. So right. we're, we're hoping to do that very soon too. Right. But until then, by the way, if anybody wants to go, they can actually go to just go to YouTube, type in one s t c o v e n a n t, and you'll find those. Uh, that, that video of the 1990 conference where he spoke. Okay. Uh, and so that, that's First Covenant. Yes, First Covenant. Okay. Yeah, and that's just, on YouTube. Just one as in one. Right. One ST. One ST. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and you'll be able to listen to him for yourself and just listen to the man. And I guess the amazing thing about it is, you know, that most people always thought he had this kind of hatred toward Arabs. You know, he wants to kill all the Arabs. Nowhere. Does he ever say kill Arabs? Nowhere. <laughs> I don't recall it either. Nowhere. <laughs> you know, and and you have all these people that screaming all this stuff about it, but nowhere does he ever say this. Right. Uh, so, he, he, you know, what can you say about a man? I, I, I myself, personally, I consider him a great Zodic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had a fervor for the land, which the Jewish people should have a fervor for the land. Absolutely. And as far as he was concerned, he believed what the Torah said. That God gave the people of Israel the land, and it belonged to them. And they should settle not just part of the land, but every bit of the land. There should not have ever been any land given uh, away in any kind of concession to anybody. Oh, boy, it, could you imagine? Because it's not theirs to give away. Right. No <laughs> so kidding. you're giving away something you don't own. You know, it's like David in First Chronicles. He, he's about to bring an offering to Hashem, right? And he says, wait a minute. I'm bringing something that belongs to you. Does this make sense? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So how can I give something away that's not mine to begin with? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's the kind of idea. And, and that's really the idea of Americana, I guess, more than anything else. God gave it to them. It's ours. And all of it's ours. And, and for us to even give it away, what are we giving away? We can't give away something that doesn't belong to us. Right. And yet they have been able to do it. At least, yeah. let's, let's shall we say, temporarily. Temporarily. <laughs> So, yeah, temporarily. We, that's the positive note in all <laughs> of this. Note, right. <laughs> well, listen, Jack, I want to uh, uh, take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we can talk about, you know, maybe get bring us a little forward in time okay. uh, about these interim, you know, the, the, the conferences in between. In between. And then 
how things are going for us uh, uh, today and what today. the future looks like. 20 years later. 20 years later. 20, it's Sounds, hard to believe it's 20 years. <laughs> right, it is. So, folks, stick with us. We're going to be back with Jack Saunders shortly. Thanks much. My name is Mike from Washington, D.C. I started to have prostate problems about 10 years ago. I had to get up four or five times a night and it left me tired all day. I work in the legal field and I couldn't sit for more than an hour before having to ask for a recess. After taking the optimal product for a month, my symptoms almost disappeared. I can't tell you how happy I am to have found this product. Apuntima capsules made only in Israel. Go now to www.preso.com. That's P-R-I-S-S-O.com. Get your very own copy of the New York Times from May 15, 1948, declaring the state of Israel's independence. A full-size reprint of the entire newspaper covering Israel's reestablishment. Own a piece of history. Click on IsraelCelebrates60.com. Over 25,000 copies have been distributed. That's IsraelCelebrates, the number 60.com. Welcome back, everybody. We're still here talking with Jack Saunders, a good friend of mine, longtime Noahide. We've been talking about the the history of the Noahide Conference that we're at today, which is the 20th. And it's been a, a, a long history, uh, a lot of uh, excellent people. Uh, Jack being one of them is taught at these uh, conferences. And Jack was going to kind of give us an idea of how things have progressed from that very first one 20 years ago to kind of where we're at today and kind of maybe, if I can get him to prophesy a little bit, what the future might hold for us. So, Jack, come on in here. I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs> prophesy. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you know, in the 1990 was really the uh, the, the advent of the modern day Benayinoma. That doesn't mean, by the way, there wasn't other Benayinoma prior to us. You right. Know, we can go back in history and find that there were plenty within the Tanakh itself, and outside of the Tanakh. You know, in the 1800s, we had all my polymer in France, right, and the group there. And, and uh, but the real, I guess, the real key about the 1990, and eventually. Uh, Several of us going and visiting with the chief rabbi later on that that same year, by the way, was the fact that the recognition worldwide. All of a sudden, we started getting, and this was at the advent of the internet. You know, this mm-hmm. before that, and we were getting snail mail from people from all the world saying, "That's who we are." From hmm. New Zealand, from Australia, from uh, Africa, from France, uh, just people from all the world saying you know they heard either an interview that we did maybe on co-israel or they read something about the jerusalem post or they read something you know some other newspaper about what was going on as far as, as far as the concept of Benay Noah. yeah and all of a sudden we started receiving this information from around the world that that's what we are you know i mean they, hmm. they didn't really realize what they are but that's what they were uh so that was one of the great things that came out of it because it put people in touch with people and of course with the advent of the internet it's even gotten a lot better mm-hmm. um, conferences after that we had several conferences as we're still now at the 20th conference right. <laughs> you know uh they've been going on for a long time and of course you know a couple of years ago 
uh, we had the Worldwide Conference in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Right, right. Which came off really great. Uh, great speakers. Uh, and it's still been that way. But most of all, I think it's about the growth of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the individual growth, you know, the, how they progress. You know, over the years, and you come into contact with people, and you see them uh, where they're at one day and where they're at the next day. Right. You know? But if you don't see them for a year, you know, and most of us don't really run into each other for for at least a year apart, and, and you see this great spiritual growth, and right. that's really what's I guess so attractive is that you see people uh, growing in their love for Hashem. Uh, growing their love for each other, you know, and that's really, I, what can you say? I mean, that's yeah. really what it's about. It's a, it's really about the spiritual and, growth of the individual. And now that you mention that, it's just, you know, kind of uh, hit me. It's, uh, it's not like watching grass grow. Right. I mean, exactly. watching grass grow, you really don't see anything happening. Right. But if you go on vacation and you happen to be gone for a year and you come back, boy, the grass is really high. Exactly. Things have changed. Exactly. And I've, I've noticed that, too, from year to year to year, you see... Uh, people improving themselves exactly. in, in a, a host of ways. I mean, lives are changed as a result of these conferences and probably more importantly, a Torah. The, and, the and, study and you make Torah. friends, too, you know, that you make this connection with that uh, even though you might not see each other for a year, it's like when you come back, it's like you, you just automatically know, you know. Uh, there's so many people, and of course, we're sitting having lunch together, you know. Right. And all the people that's there, I've known those people for, for years, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, how often do I see them or after I'm coming in contact with them? Well, not a lot, but when you meet them, it's like uh, you've never been away from it's, them. It's you know? kind of like a brotherhood. It's, exactly, exactly. Once a Noahide, always a Noahide. Always a Noahide. But it's, it's, to me, it's more not just that human connection, it's really the spiritual connection you have with people because people are looking for people that have the same ideas and the same kind of belief system they do and when they find these people it's just they just hook up i mean it's 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 unbelievable how close one gets because Mm -hmm. of the connection of the system that they they know is true and because it is truth you know they they bond together you know and and of course that's what we're supposed to be doing with our creator bonding to him so so we bond to each other too right well I'm going to throw a hard question at you, Jack. And, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, and I know that you know, we've talked about this and, and pondered it together, what the, what the end result would, would look like. Right. And that is, 20 years ago, there were you know, probably a couple major people who kind of pulled all of this together, one, of course, being Vennel Jones. Right. And as I've mentioned uh, before in, in the show, uh, we're also celebrating his 80th birthday, Yes, which, of course, even if he lives to the maximum time that Hashem is, allows us, 120 years, what is going to happen when Vendel's no longer with us? Hmm. You know, I, I, I've often pondered that. Right. What is going to happen with the Noahide movement when that day comes, do you re- do you feel that it's strong enough to carry on without him? Uh, if so, do you feel that it's strong enough to carry on for a long extended period? Uh, can I give me your thoughts on that, especially based on you know what you see, like at, at the World Conference, where right, so many new right. faces. I mean, even to see Vendel Jones in tears, and, and he was. I asked Vendel what was you know what was wrong. What, why was he crying? He says. All these people, all these name tags, I don't know who they are. I've never seen them before. And it never occurred to me how a guy like 
Vandal, <laughs> after 20 years of doing this, could not know a no height. Right. You know, and yet there were all kinds of people there that he'd look at their badges, he'd be p- picking at their badges, right. he'd know who they were, right. which is a good sign, right. of course. Exactly. But again, do we have the strength? Do we have the numbers? Do we have the will to carry on? <clears throat> well, let's first of all look at it from, I call it a Tanakh view. Okay. And from a Tanakh view, yes, it's going to work. Uh, in fact, uh, from a Tanakh view, it's going to be the whole non-Jewish world, you know, uh, that comes to the truth and reality mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, we know, for example, in Isaiah, Isaiah tells us that the knowledge of Hashem will cover the earth just like the waters cover the sea. So everybody will know him, right? Right. Uh, and Zechariah says, in that day, it's talking about a specific day and time. Of course, we're talking about futuristic times here. But it says, in that day... Uh, he will be one. His name will be one. You know. Well, the question is, well, isn't that true today? Well, of course it is. Right. But it's a recognition of that. Right. So eventually, yes. Uh, the I think that the modern day B'nai Noah movement will not go away. Personally, I see nothing but growth. I see people that are truth seeking all the time, looking for something that's not different but looking for truth you know a lot of people just look for things that's different right but there's people that's looking for truth because they're they're fed up with kind of organized religions right they absolutely they feel like they've been lied to well uh, only because they have only because they have (laughs) uh and this whole idea of just blind belief has been tossed out the door because people are looking for something that is for lack of a better word, not only spiritually satisfying, but intellectually satisfying. And a belief system that you can't bite into with your your intellect and be comfortable with it, you know, and have some kind of foundational, logical, rational, reasonable idea behind it, how can you buy it? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't. Uh, and with the laws of B'nai Noah and, of course, the study of God, it's all rational. It's all logical. You know, right. it's not you know, this. Uh, I believe in the past guy. You know, right? <laughs> uh, and and people are looking for that today. And I think for us as Benay Noah, this is one of the things that we should really offer to people is that we do have this reasonable, rational idea that we can present. And the and the better we're able we're to present that to people, I think the more people are going to see come in. But eventually. I don't think we're going to go away, Ray. Well, uh, you know, always, not anytime soon. I think we're we're going to see growth. I mean, I've saw people come in. You saw people come in, mm-hmm. and we, we see the steady flow. And this is just what we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what's actually happening in the entire world. Like right. I said, we we can't even get a, a, a number. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, of where everybody's at, but but I know there's groups in the Ukraine. I mean, I've India, been, in, been in contact Brazil, with in Brazil, right. uh, Colombia. Right. You know, we, but as far as putting a number, we, and, and maybe Hashem doesn't want us to put a number on ourselves. You know, maybe that's why he won't give us a head count. <laughs> then yeah. we might get the big head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting point. I've often wondered why, no, yeah, and I yeah. just figured it's just because we're we're too young. <laughs> well, no. You know, we just don't, and yeah. we're too young and the world's too big. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it's but, like with Israel, you know, he owns some counted ever so often, so they didn't count them too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's, we fall in the same category. <laughs> maybe and, and the other thing is maybe count really don't count. Well, you know what I'm saying? Go. Yeah. Because if, if it's true, it, whether you have a large number or not that verifies that, you know, because from most religious standpoints, by the way, psychologically, 
people are looking for the numbers to give them some kind of credibility. Credibility, exactly. And and the more numbers I have to think, the more credibility they have. But the reality is, what if you're exactly right and there's only one? You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, My philosophy, somebody was asking me, how do you know you're right now as opposed to when you were not right, right? And I said... Well, you know, gee, there was only one guy that actually believed the world was round, (laughs) you know, and he actually set out to prove that it was, uh, as opposed to all the people that was telling him it was flat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, of course, we know that as good old Christopher Columbus, but, you know, that was his perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I think our perspective is we have the truth, right? And and we can defend our truth with reasonable, rational, logical arguments. Right. All day long to anybody. And I think that's the greatness of it. Whereas before, when we were in the other religious corner, and we always had to fall back on, well, brother, you just have to believe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah just have faith. <laughs> just have just faith. Just got to have right. the faith. Got to work faith. on that right. faith. That, that blind faith stuff. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack, it, it seems that uh, we're, we're all still on the same page. <laughs> right. Uh, we know there's growth going on. We don't know where, but I know that I'm always getting uh, uh, emails, uh, same orders, same you know, from all yeah. over, you know, yeah. places that I've never even heard of in some exactly. cases. So we know it's going on, and it's only by the hand of Hashem that it does go on. Yes. And uh, with Hashem's help, we will continue to grow and continue to have conferences just like this. Absolutely. And speaking of that, uh, it looks like we're closing in on time to okay. uh, sit and have a Torah teaching from Avraham Sutton. And I've never heard him teach oh. up close well, and personal. Well, you're in as for a blessing is. then. Exactly. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward <laughs> okay. to this and tomorrow when he teaches yeah, again. Yeah. So why don't we uh, let everybody go and uh, we'll catch him on the other side. But we're going to sit down and have a, a good Torah teaching right now. Right. Jack, thanks for being with us. And great to be with Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Take care. Shalom. Well, my friends, that was the interview that I did with Jack Saunders. And I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did when I I was talking to Jack at the conference. And by the way, in case you missed it, uh, he is a former Baptist minister. And he literally tore the steeple off his church. (laughs) Uh, He was uh, also one of the instructors in the Noahide Nations Academy of Shem. He's a director for the First Covenant Foundation. Uh, He also has a Noahide group in Tennessee. And, you know, I not only consider Jack a very good friend, but I also consider uh, Jack a a very much so a Taurus scholar and is uh, all around nice guy. So I hope you enjoyed Jack's interview as much as I enjoyed doing it. Now, I wasn't really able to tell you much about the conference itself, uh, and you know, I'd kind of like to do that. I was kind of rushed at the, the top of the hour to you know, get the show launched, and I apologize for that, but you know, that's just how it uh, worked out in, in terms of the interview. So I want to go ahead and tell you a little bit about the, the conference and, and what went on. Uh, It was indeed the 20th anniversary of the Vendel Jones Research Institute's Noahide Conference. And uh, as destiny would have it, uh, it was also Vendel's 80th birthday. Which, of course, for any anyone who hits 80, that is truly a milestone. I uh, certainly hope that uh, I'm around when I'm 80. But uh, it was his birthday, and uh, you know we were able to celebrate that. In fact, on Saturday, kind of had a surprise birthday party for uh, Vendel. Uh, I'm not sure about all the gifts that he received and the cards he received, but I know that the cake was great because one side was vanilla, and then the other side of the cake was chocolate. 
chocolate. In other words, from my perspective, it was good enough to, to eat two pieces. And so I did. I thought I would pull a fast one on the wife, but ah, she caught me red-handed as I was into my second piece, which happened to be the chocolate one. So I couldn't get away with it, but boy, I'll tell you what, it was worth it. Anyway, the conference uh, theme was uh, the Cosmic Countdown. Kind of uh, interesting is that Rabbi Avraham Sutton had uh, really come up with this theme and uh, kind of got into it uh, in, in his teachings. But we started off on Friday evening with a Kabbalah Shabbat service, uh, which was led by Rabbi Zvi Avenir, and new music uh, written and performed by Kendall Jones and accompanied by Miriam Ben Yaakov. And the songs indeed were new and they were absolutely beautiful beautiful. In fact, I'm hoping that Kendall is going to record them and uh, release a CD for the world to enjoy because uh, they were they were fabulous. Uh, everybody really enjoyed uh, the music and, and, the, and the singing with the Kabbalah Shabbat. And then, of course, we uh, had the candle lighting ceremony and, and welcomed in the uh, Shabbat. And then after dinner, several people uh, got up and shared uh, some of their memories of the very first conference in 1990, you know, 20 years ago. Um, in fact, uh, a lot of them even shared uh, some stories of their experiences with Vendel and uh, you know some of his archaeological digs and uh, tours in Israel and quite a few other uh, fond memories. For anyone who knows Vendel Jones, nothing is normal when you're with Vendel. Everything is uh, always think outside the box when you're with Vendel. So there was a lot of laughs and uh, a lot of good stories that were brought forth by these folks who have uh, known Vendel and have been part of this conference for 20 years. Now, on Saturday, Rabbi Avenir uh, did a teaching on the week's Parsha. There were uh, multiple uh, roundtable discussions that took place after that, and uh, then later that evening, we heard from Jim Long, uh, who you may remember was my first co-host when we first launched this Noahide Nation show. So it was fun getting with Jim. I hadn't seen him for quite a while, so it was fun uh, being with him. And uh, Jim and I talked about his upcoming documentary, which he is he's working on as we speak, and it's uh, going to be on the Mashiach. You know, I don't really know what the title of it's going to be. I'm sure he has a working title, which you know I don't want to give away too much of this because I did interview Jim as well about this and you know he shares some of the details about this upcoming documentary that he's doing it, it should be very very outstanding uh, and that interview will be played uh, within the next uh, either next week or the following week so you know check back with us and, and listen in on that interview uh, on Sunday, we heard uh, some more teachings from Rabbi Avenir. Also, Sam Peek was there. And a gentleman you may or may not know, Rabbi Baron. And uh, Rabbi Baron has just released his new book titled Guide for the Noahide. The book is literally a guide for Noahides and Jews to understanding the laws of the Noahide covenant as codified in the Talmudic law according to Rambam's Mishnah Torah. So if you're familiar with the Rambam and or his Mishnah Torah, you know that the Noahide 
uh, code is is discussed in depth in the Mishnah Torah, and Rabbi Barone kind of extracts a great deal of that information and puts it in this book. And uh, it's a fascinating book. And again, I don't want to uh, delve into this too much because uh, I was able to arrange an interview with uh, Rabbi Barone uh, here in the near future about this new book. I don't know exactly when it's going to be, but it will be uh, coming up here in the near future, probably in the next three, four weeks. So just, you know, again, stay tuned and listen in on that because it's a really good book and probably ought to be a, a fantastic interview. Now, the final speaker Saturday was none other than Avraham Sutton. Now, please realize that you know my, my wife and I have never met or even heard Avraham Sutton teach. And quite frankly, he blew our socks off. In fact, he blew everyone's socks off. So, you know, as we were all sitting there barefooted, he taught on this cosmic countdown, uh, as well as Israel and the nations and, you know, the prophecies and things that were, you know, happening today that, in essence, were signs. So that was, I mean, he was just fabulous. And, you know, some of these uh, teachings, sadly, were, were teachings that you don't really hear from the rabbinic community and very much so favor the Noahides, you know, very much, uh, you know, Noahides uh, in, in basically Gentiles who uh, basically become observant Noahides. So uh, it was very, very exciting. And, you know, I don't want to get into this too deeply either because I'm really hoping uh, to set up an interview with uh, Avraham here in the near future. Uh, he's got a, a, quite a number of books, very, you know, wonderful man. Uh, I mean, he's just somebody that you would love to just sit and and learn from. He's you know he's that that powerful. In fact, he had a, just a profound effect uh, on people uh, at the conference, um, and in particular, my wife uh, Mary was thanking him for his teaching after he was done, and things were kind of winding down, and just literally you know broke down in tears. In fact, on Sunday, uh, he also did another teaching, and after his teaching, he had us all in a circle, you know, holding hands, singing, and praising Hashem, uh, to the point that we were literally all crying. Uh, it made me realize that if, you know, when Noahide Nations, uh, if we can get him to teach at the next World Conference, I would have to make up some Noahide crying towels. And needless to say, uh, Abraham Sutton for us was a very, very powerful uh, experience. His uh, uh, teachings were, were absolutely fabulous. Now, a couple, you know, just quick announcements. Of course, we always enjoy getting your emails. And please, folks, just continue to send those at noahide at israelnationalradio.com. Also, I wanted to let you know that our Academy of Shem is open with uh, at Noahide Nations. Just go to our homepage and click on the right-hand side. You'll find a resource menu. Just click on Academy of Shem. And right now, the password for the room is member. Capital M, small case, E-M-B-E-R. That's member. So just type that in there for the room password. Um, also, Rabbi Richmond, Rabbi Kayim Richmond from the Temple Institute is going to be in the United States. Uh, I know he's going to be traveling uh, several states, so you'll want to get on the Temple Institute's website and check out his schedule, or you can even get it on the Noahide Nation's website down at the, po- uh, down at the bottom of the homepage. 
you can just click on the calendar of events for June, and it will take you to those June dates. Uh, he's going to be in the United States for a couple weeks, I believe. So anyway, uh, if you want to see Rabbi Richmond, and, and if you haven't seen him before, you want to you want to see him. You want to learn from Rabbi Richmond. He is a phenomenal teacher. So please don't miss him. Check out those schedules. So folks, we're going to go ahead and cut on out of here and we're going to see you next week. And in the meantime, uh, please do remember that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Folks, thanks very much for being with us and we are going to see you next week. Take care. Zvutov. If you love Israel and you're coming to the Holy Land, you need Israel's best tour guide. See Israel like you've never seen it before. Mayor Eisenman will take you around the country for an educational and fun experience. Each tourist gets a personally designed tour. The land of the Bible, the land of the Tanakh, comes alive in the hands of an energetic and experienced tour guide. Visit IsraelByMayor.com. That's IsraelByMayor, M-E-I-R, or email him directly at IsraelByMayor at gmail.com. Hello? Yeah, I wanted to know, do you deliver falafels to the top of Mount Zion? Great! I'd like a large falafel with pepperoni, sausage, and extra cheese. Yes, I know what a falafel is. You're listening to IsraelNationalRadio.com. You people are so pushy. What, Israeli people are pushy? You, stay there, surrounded by your great enemy Canada. Try Syria for two months, then we'll see who's pushy. Connect to Israel through Israel National Radio. 